0: Welcome to the Pope Prep High School Football Coaches Show. Today's show is brought to you by Clawson Group Realtors, local real estate sales, investment, and property management. We treat your home like it's our own. And the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Remember, fans don't let fans drive drunk. Now, please welcome the host of the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show, Kyle Reynolds and Pope Prep Head Coach, Brian Sneed. Welcome in to the Coaches Show, Pope Prep Football Great day today because Friday night was one that uh, probably didn't quite finish the way you wanted to in the second half. But there's no such thing as a bad victory. 34-33 in overtime. Talk yep. a little bit about that game, coach.
1: Yeah, so we took, uh, you know, we took control of the game early, um, got up 24-7, um, and then, you know, BJ, give them credit, they start fighting back and and end up tying the game uh, with a couple minutes left. Um, you know, we had the ball to try to move it down into field goal range and couldn't quite get there, so it ended up going to overtime. Um they score on the second play of overtime, missed the extra point, um which was obviously huge play in the game and you know, we get down there at fourth and nine and gotta get in the end zone to stay alive and we and you know, somehow uh Hudson Holman and Elijah Robb make a play and, and Will Arbuckle goes out there and knocks down the extra point. Um, you know, Price Fowler, our long snapper who's a who's a sophomore and then Blaine Richardson's a freshman who's our holder, and you know those are big pressure situations to be in with the game on the line, and they did a great job getting a snap, hold down, and and letting Will kick it through. So you know it's fun, always fun to win on a walk off winner. Um, we would have liked to finish it out before we got to overtime, but you know it's it's hard to win football games, um, and you know you can always
0: it's always easier to correct mistakes after a win. Well, as the <laughs> saying goes, press the kicking game. This is where the breaks are made. Talk about Will Arbuckle, two of two, uh, both 33-yard field goals, Mm -hmm. four of four on extra points, which in high school football is not always a given for anybody. Uh, And and what he had to go out there, I mean, it's every kicker's dream to go out there and have a chance to win a ball game, and he had that chance and he delivered.
1: Yeah, and those those kicks were huge. It it allowed us to stay in the game um, and have them tie the game at the end instead of taking the lead at the end of the game. Um, And we talk about... Uh, with our guys, you know, there's there's usually at least one game a year where uh, you either win or lose because of special teams. Um, previous year just happened to be the BGA game again where I felt like we ended up winning that game in large part due to special teams. Um, I think the same case could be made for this game. You know, they they had two missed extra points um, that ended up coming back and, and helping us uh, secure a victory towards the, towards the end of the game. And, um, you know, Will did a great job uh, with his kicks, Um, you know we kind of had him on light kicking duty throughout the week just because he's he's you know battled a a little bit of a injury that's kind of held him back a little bit so you know we weren't even sure 100 how 100 percent he was going into it um, but he did a great job he did a great job on our kickoffs too, getting the ball down there um, placing some pop-up kicks where we wanted it uh, when they were kind of overplaying the deep kicks Um, and we ended up getting a takeaway on that as well and um you know he was out there calm cool and collected when when the game was on the line and that's what you that's what you want you want to have that confidence um from the kicking
0: position for sure offensively uh hudson holman another good night really good night 10 of 18 206, two scores uh elijah Hopp, 44 carries yep. Uh, 245 yards, another game. He's averaging close to 200 yards a game at this point. I believe it's 180, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about – and don't forget Hudson Curley as well, another yeah. big night for Hudson, six catches, 116 yards. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing on offense right now and what pleased you on Friday night.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's no different. Um, you know, 44 carries for Elijah, I mean, that, that's a lot. I mean, that's a, he was pretty <laughs> sore uh, coming back on Monday. Um, and it, it sets everything up. So the night that Hudson had passing was all set up with, by the 44 rushes that Elijah had. Um, the first big touchdown, which we'll take a look at on film um, was a play action off of handing Elijah the ball. And we were able to hit a slant uh, sure. to Hudson Curley for a, for a big play. Um, some other passes that, that Holman had were off of play action where he's going on bootleg and hitting Bonner for a big reception. Um, I think he hit, hit that twice on there. So, you no, know, most of our pass game is not just pure drop back. It's it's sure. all based off play action. And when you're handing the ball 44 times to your, you know, your stud running back, um, the, the defense is going to have to bite up on him because it's not it's not like we're handing the ball off uh, 44 times and, and we're only getting a couple yards. Sure. I mean, he's he had a, another 200 yard night, um, and. You know, even though teams are stacking on the box, he's still being able to find running room in there. So you have to respect that, and that's been opening up passing game for us.
0: On the defensive side of the ball, they always say that not everything shows up in the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. But when you do show up in the stat sheet and you continually show up, you know you're having a good night and you're having a good year. Another name that pops up again, J.J. Lynch, uh, six tackles, including uh, one sack tackle for loss there. Yeah. Uh, another big night for him. Uh, Vonderhaar, also another big night. Kyron Coleman, talk a little bit about the play of the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I, I thought they started off the game really well. I mean, we we came in wanting to stop the run, and I think we limited them to under 50 yards mm-hmm. rushing, which is what we wanted. Um, you know, we have to do a better job on the back end with our secondary of, of not giving up big plays. That's kind of how they got back into the game. Uh, but their team, similar to us, where they want to come in and establish a running game. Um, I thought Coach Carpenter and our defensive staff did a great job of of having a plan on how to stop their top top run game, mm-hmm. um, get them in passing situations where we're able to, to, to get some sacks um, and create the uh, long yardage situations to kind of force um, in them into a, pass, a passing situation. Um, and Jackson is doing a, doing a better job of – understanding his position and knowing how to fit things and, and get back there in the, in the backfield. Like I said, two sacks. Kyron Coleman's playing a lot better. Um, J.J. Lynch is, you know, doing a good job. I think the best thing about him is, you know, he is undersized. Um, he is young being a sophomore, but he's in the right spot 95 to 98% of the time. Um, so when you have a player that can um, be in the correct place, um, most of the time that's going to be a good situation for your defense Now there might be a missed tackle here or there, which you know makes it a bigger play, but um it, when you have guys in the right spot, usually they're able to make plays and he's 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 shown that you know he ends up with a sack he ends up on special teams with a force fumble um, sure. that was huge for us so he's continuing to, to make plays and and
0: the more experience he has the the better he gets. And now let's talk about momentum. Uh, some people don't believe in momentum. I do. In sports, specifically, uh, I think I think any sports team can ride away of momentum. It can go against you. You're up 24 to 7. You have a lot of momentum on your side. Then things kind of start going against you, uh, and it seems like that wave turns against you. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that mentally on the sideline to prepare your kids? Because a lot of time momentum gets away from you because maybe a mental error here, a mental error there that will stop a drive. Um, how do you talk to your kids? Because what shows a lot about a team is what they did Friday night to overcome what happened in the second half and pull out the victory when a lot of times teams would quit. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about what you have to do as a coaching staff and how you, you offset that momentum when it's going against you.
1: The, the first thing you have to do, in my opinion, is you have to constantly talk about it throughout the year because mm-hmm. if, you, if the, the first time you start talking about, hey, we need to – you know, stop this momentum for the other team or we need to handle this adversity right now. If the first time you're talking about it is in the moment, then you're probably not going to handle that very well. So you have to kind of constantly prepare them mentally throughout the season. Hey, adversity is going to happen. Momentum swings are going to happen. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Focus on the next play. That's the only way you're going to kind of pull yourself out of it. Um, and, yeah, I think momentum is a, is a very real thing, um, especially when you have uh, such a large team. It's kind of like a collective – um, feeling of, you know, they've stacked a couple good plays together, so now all of a sudden they're feeling like they have a better chance to, to make this comeback. You, you, on your side, you start feeling like, well, they have a better chance to make this comeback. Um, but, you know, we talked about this week, um, you know, we, when we partner with virtue equals strength, we're talking about a virtue a week. This week, the virtue is hope. And then the, the vice that kind of goes along that with that is despair. So hope, kind of believing that whatever will happen despite the adversity you're facing versus despair where you feel like you have no chance whatsoever. And you have to always have, um, in, in athletics, you have to always have that hope that there's a chance you can pull yourself out of it. And you have to know that it's going to take one play at a time. You can't get all that momentum back at once. you got to make a play here, stack another play on top of it, stack another play on top of it. Um, but... When, when teams get in trouble is when they feel like they have to make a huge play now to kind of get all the momentum shifted back to your sure. way. And momentum, in my opinion, is when three, four, five, six, seven plays in a row kind of go your way. Um, and it's usually
0: not just one huge play that shifts all the momentum all at once. Thanks a lot, Coach. We're going to send it to mm. Nina Howdeshell, who's going to sit down with Will Arbuckle, the student athlete of the game. I mean, if you can't give it to him this week, win. You know? yeah, exactly. Hitting the game winner, the big man on campus. And then when we come back from break, Coach is going to break down some plays from last Friday night's game.
2: I'm here with Will Arbuckle, our student athlete of the week and our hero of last Friday. Will, talk about your game winning extra point this past Friday.
3: Uh, you know, it was great. Walked out there, student section yelling at me. Put my tee down, Evan, four, went out there, said it's my moment, had to make it my moment, and perfect snap, perfect hold, perfect blocks, and went right through.
2: And how do you mentally prepare with all that pressure?
3: I just have to, you know, go out there and trust that my holder and my long snapper and everyone will do their job, and I just have to put it through. So practice, I get put in those situations at practice. Coach G makes me put in those situations, so, yeah.
2: What are your goals for the rest of the season, and is college football something you're wanting to pursue?
3: Uh, you know the goals for the rest of the season hopefully finish out winning, winning record, uh go to playoffs, hopefully hit another game winner if I get the opportunity and college football is always an option. It's my biggest goal right now.
2: Alright, time for the best part, the rapid fire questions. Okay, number one, longest kick you've ever done in practice. Fifty six. Hype song on game day. Uh
3: first day out, I think it's by T Grizzly.
2: Favorite thing to watch on TV? College football. Celebratory meal after a big win, like last Friday. Waffle House. <laughs> An all-time favorite kicker.
3: Uh, either Harrison Tucker or Justin Tucker.
1: So, Clausen Group Realtors. We're a small niche shop, and um, you know we help people buy and sell their properties. We're involved with people when they buy and sell. Uh, they're not just a number. I'm a buyer specialist. All I do is help people
0: find their next perfect home and I'm in homes every day. Uh, if I'm not showing, then I'm previewing so I know what's out there on the market. Uh, the experience with Matt and uh, his group here at Kloss & Realty was amazing. Uh, it was very much a family environment, very professional, it was incredible. I feel like we made friends for life. So if you uh, need to sell a home or buy a home, uh,
1: our website is www.klossandgrouprealtors.com.
2: Just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good.
4: After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor.
0: I thought I could hold my liquor.
2: What separates us from other companies in Tennessee, um, that's gonna be our our mission to our customers, is to always improve the quality of life. Um, That's from taking care of your pests to a friendly voice on the phone when you call. To a technician that comes out and he's competent, he's going to solve the problem for you. We're considered a full encompassing service, so we're gonna take care of 50 plus different pests, and we'll always have your back.
1: All right, we're going to take a look at some of our offensive plays uh, last week against BGA. Uh, so this is our first touchdown of the night on our first drive. Um, again, we're, we're going through our running back. Uh, we're setting up the pass game through the run game. So we have a, a play action pass right here where we're going to be pulling our guard, Will Johnson, and our tight end, Xander Palmer. So this looks exactly like one of our uh, run plays where we've just been handing the ball off to Elijah the first couple plays of the night. Um, down here... Uh, We have a lot of space. This corner is playing off, so we're going to run a slant route right here. You can see the down and distance, 2nd and 17. So really, we're just trying to say, hey, you know, worst case scenario, we catch the ball right here and we're going to gain what we think about 7 to 10 yards, get it into a 3rd and manageable. Um, Best case scenario, we can break a tackle and maybe hit a big gain. The reason why we think we can hit a a big gain if he can break a tackle, this safety is coming downhill hard to, to, to stop the run. Um, So you see him coming down hard, which opens up all this space back here to the end zone if we can just break one tackle. So you see right here, Hudson Holman does a good job, play faking. We got Hudson Curley down here running a slant. We break a tackle, and then we're we're off to, to the end zone right there. Again, check out this safety coming downhill hard. That opens up a lot of space. There's a good call by our offensive staff and Coach Park of recognizing that and able to get us on the board quick. Uh, to start the game within the first within the first drive. So this is the last play of the game. So this is fourth and nine in overtime. We have to have a touchdown to uh, to stay alive. Um, you can see they're they're looking at loading the box right here. There's no safety back here on this side. Um, so we have a receiver, a running back, and we think we got man coverage two versus two right here. So that's the side of the field that we plan to attack. On 4th and nine, their safety's back here over top of our tight end, ready to come downhill like we just saw to stop the run game, um, or maybe just to cover this guy if he were to release out right away. So what we have here, we're expecting man-to-man coverage out here. Best case scenario, this guy gets kind of sucked in, or maybe he's rushing and, and this linebacker is covering our, our, our running back. Um, so that's what we're looking at, getting Elijah in the flat. We're going to run a slant route, really a sit route right here to try to confuse defenders, uh, maybe, maybe have them run into each other if, if, if we run this correctly. Um, you know, we'll take a look right here. So what they do is, this guy is responsible for the running back, the outside linebacker, and then of course the corner is responsible for the receiver here. So what that does is usually they rush this guy off the edge to kind of create uh, the edge right there for a quarterback to stay in the pocket. Because this, this lineman is in the B gap right here, um, that allows our, our quarterback to roll out, uh, and Hudson does a good job of rolling out, creating more space, um, uh, extending the play, and what we teach our guys, if, there's, if this route is not open immediately, then we're going to turn up the field and see if we can make something happen. Again, we can turn up the field because they have no safety deep back here, um, so Elijah does a good job. We're looking at giving the ball in the flat. If it's not open, he'll turn it up. Hudson's able to extend the play because they don't have a hard rush on the edge, and then we're able to, to tie the game up here in overtime with just the extra point ready to go to, for the win. So good job on the touch pass right there, putting right over the top. Good job by Elijah, making a play right there. Defensively, defensively we came in wanting to stop their run game. Uh, they got second and 10 right here. We know that they're still going to run the ball even if it's second and long situation. Our line does a good job. You know, We like to bring pressure. We like to walk our linebackers up. We like to slant and angle our, our defensive line. So this look right here um, is kind of what we want. They don't know which way our, our defensive line is moving. They don't know which of these two of these four linebackers are, are going to be going. Um, so good job right there of disguising. You can see Xander kind of walks out late right there. And uh, Kyron Coleman is able to make a tackle on the backfield. A little bit better shot right here. And this is why we like movement. So right now, Kyron is going to be reading this guard. If this guard steps to him, we're going to cross his face. If he steps away, we're going to be flat down the line. And we want our fast guys on their big guys uh, when we're angling and moving so that um, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult on those guys. So you see Kyron right here. He's up on the line. Number 65 blocks at him, so we're going to cross his face. We cross his face right into the where the running back is trying to run. Our nose is angling the opposite way. If he, gets, uh, if he gets this guard blocking away, we want to get upfield and make this running back run in that gap right there. We should have a linebacker, Xander, coming downhill. Kyron is able to cross-face and make a play. So this is a good job of our defense stopping the run game and then getting them into a third-long situation, which is a heavy pass down for them. Now we can go and, and, and rush the passer. Another um, second down right here. You know we do another good job of disguising we want to kind of create some confusion up front right now uh, they got their five offensive linemen their tight end and their running back staying into pass protect so they got seven uh seven guys pass protecting we're going to be blitzing five so they should be able to pick this up but the disguise and the movement creates some confusion and we're able to have jackson vonahar get back there get a sack again going from second and ten to a to a third and long situation so he's still staying out here, Jackson, looking like he's going to pass drop. <clears throat> we have our Xander really sets us up, number 13. So he's going to cross the face of the, the guard. Our defensive end is going to step out, and that's going to open up the B-gap right there for our outside linebacker. Again, looking like he's going to be out here pass dropping. Rushes late, gets in there, and is able to come untouched to the uh, to the quarterback. So a couple of plays from our offense and our defense um, against BGA, doing a good job of... kind of setting the tone for the game at the beginning
0: coach you have a week off and then you travel to rockville next friday night but talk a little bit about what open date looks like for your team when did you all practice what will you all do um and and kind of what your team needs and what this week means for your team and what you're hoping to get out of this open date
1: yeah so the you know the open date is especially at this point in the season and we got guys banged up and Um, It's good to kind of rest the bodies, kind of have them some time to get away from football and kind of reset so we can come back and and get ready for this last three-game stretch and then into the playoffs. Um, So we practiced a couple days this week. Um, We gave them a a few days off for the rest of the week, and we'll come back uh, ready to go on Tuesday for for Rockville. We've already done some our our usual Monday practice. We've kind of already done that uh, for Rockville. So, um, you know, give the guys some time to, to rest. Uh, relax, and then come back kind of hopefully rejuvenated to kind of have a big big push. Um, I told the guys yesterday, you know, this, this last three games kind of mirrors our first three games where you have, uh, you know, a good public school that you're playing. That's a non-region game. You have a good private school in Chattanooga Christian that you're playing, and that's a good non-region game. And then you have a, a tough region opponent similar to CPA with FRA. So I want to see how much we've improved. Mm-hmm from the first three games of the season to the last three games of the season and so that's what we're kind
0: of looking at and hopefully that we'll have some momentum riding into into the playoffs from there what about you what does a Friday night a Friday night look like for you on an open date I know your wife will be happy to have you sure. around yeah uh, on the weekend anything you all will do anything special or just kind of decompress from the uh, from the start of the season
1: well we will definitely
0: decompress
1: we'll have some some time more with family and we'll take a little uh, long weekend trip uh, with family and and extended family just to kind of again get away and you know my wife is I got four young kids at home and so my wife has kind of been holding down the fort for that um, during the football season it's always a little bit tougher on her so just to be able to spend some time without fully focus on football and kind of more focus on family is is always good for us especially at this point in the season where it's already felt like a long season with your three three scrimmages and all the summer work that you've done and um, so now that it's kind of winding down towards the end and you kind of feel that um, you kind of feel that drag a little bit and the players kind of feel it and like this is a, in my opinion this is a perfect time for, for a bye week for everybody um, kind of get
0: away from it, rejuvenate, come back and have a strong push into the playoffs. And how important is it to have a wife that you know I watch I see the wives uh, they're probably more stressed than you all. Uh, during the games because they don't have the control that you all do, uh, and a lot's put on them during this time of year because your focus right now is, is is getting these other kids that that are your second set of family ready for a game. Talk a little bit about uh, about the wives here and what they do for you all as coaches, uh, and maybe earn some brownie points before you head into that long weekend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't. You cannot be a good coach, I think, at any level without um, without a, a spouse that kind of supports. You and supports kind of what you're doing and I think you know my wife Diane I think understands the mission of what our program is about and it really is about creating quality young men first and um, and then at the same time you know quality football players and win football games and all that but you know we really pour a lot of time and effort into uh, focusing on our mission of living and competing like Christ and teaching these guys on our team through football, how to live a lifestyle that is going to help them get closer to Christ, going to help them be um, quality citizens um, in the world when whenever they leave our program. Um, I heard it in a in a <clears throat> conference one time. If the only thing you're teaching is football, eventually what you're teaching and coaching becomes useless because everybody stops playing football. Um, and so when you have when you have a spouse um, that understands that mission and. You know she- she puts full support into to what to what I'm doing and what our coaches are doing and and uh she she takes a lot off of of me as a as a husband and a father um with our family so that I can try to help sure. all these kids on our team and I know all of our coaches' wives um feel the same way and and uh and I don't think we could run our program the way we do without their support and without them understanding you know what we're really trying to to be after and um, so, yeah, it's, we would, definitely wouldn't be uh, be able to do the things that we do without, without them and their support at
0: home. Excellent. We're now going to sit down with Noah Lim. Noah is a junior here at Pope Prep and is the first male golfer in over 10 years to qualify for the state, which happens next week in Sevierville. Uh, not to leave out the female golfers, just a couple of years ago, Kennedy Adams, female one state here, but we're going to visit with Noah. And when we come back from break... My favorite thing again, we're going to break down plays, and by we, he is going to break down plays from Rockville. Watch it! Did that guy even see that girl on her bike?
1: So Claussen Group Realtors, we're a small niche shop and um, you know we help people buy and sell their properties. We're involved with people when they buy and sell, uh, they're not just a number. I'm a buyer specialist, all I do is help people find their next perfect
0: home. And I'm in homes every day, uh, if I'm not showing then I'm previewing so I know what's out there on the market. Uh, the experience with Matt and uh, his group here at Claussen Realty was amazing. Uh, It was very much a family environment, it was very professional, it was incredible. I feel like we made friends for life. So if you uh, need to sell a home or buy a home, uh, our website is
1: www.ColossianGroupRealtors.com
2: What separates us from other companies in Tennessee, um, that's going to be our mission to our customers, is to always improve the quality of life. Um, That's from taking care of your pests to a friendly voice on the phone when you call. to a technician that comes out, he's competent, he's going to solve the problem for you. We're considered a full encompassing service, so we're going to take care of 50 plus different pests. And we'll always have your back. I'm here with Noah Lim. Noah, you qualified for state on Monday in a playoff. Tell me a little bit about that.
4: Just super honored to have the opportunity to go out and play there. You know the guys out there, the te- whole team just love the sport. I feel like that all culminated in that playoff. You know, just super honored to be out there and have the opportunity to to go to state and show off what we've worked on all, all year. Um, you know, love the love the new team atmosphere. Shout out to Kyle Reynolds, absolute absolute dog. Love the coach, great guy. Feel like he's just absolute shifted shifted the team culture and just made us better because of it.
2: What are your expectations for state next week?
4: First just super excited to go out there and have the opportunity to play. But, you know, we're also I'm also going there to compete. I'm gonna do my best to represent Pope Pope as as best as possible. Um it's been it's been a long time since we've had a guy out there and so uh just going going out there and managing expectations, you know, trying to win as as best as possible.
2: Is playing in college something that you look forward to doing?
4: For sure. I love the competitive atmosphere in golf, and uh, I feel like going to the collegiate level would be something extremely good for me. Um, I'm looking at the top schools, Princeton, but anywhere smart and big, I'd love to get the opportunity to play, um, especially, you know, Vanderbilt. My sister plays there. love to get the opportunity to play with her for a year.
2: Hype song on game day.
4: I can't Tell Me Nothing by Kanye West.
2: Celebratory meal.
4: Raising gains.
2: Favorite golfer. Jordan Spieth. Last show that you binged. Suits. Career low round.
4: 63.
1: So we're going to take a look at a couple plays from Rockville when we come back from our, our bye week. Uh, this is a a team that's a, a 6A program. Um, they got a lot of size on the offensive line. Uh, they got speed on the edges. Um, they're going to mix up. They're about 50-50 run pass, so there's not a... They're not a huge running team, not a huge passing team. They do a good job of balancing it out. This is a formation that we're used to seeing from our offense. It's 12 personnel, so they have one running back and and two tight ends in the game. Uh, Their favorite run is inside zone, so they're just going to have double teams up to the linebackers. You can see their offensive line does a good job of, of creating movement, and then what I really like about them is they're getting up to the second level. So their linemen are double teaming the defensive linemen and then getting up to the second level to the linebackers. Um, creating the running lane for the running back to get down the field. So we got we have to do a good job of, of stopping the run game uh, just like every week, um, making sure that our linebackers are not just sitting back at four or five yards but really attacking the line of scrimmage to slow down their run game, again, getting them in, in long-distance passing situations. All right, defensively, they're a 3-4 a structure. Uh, Three down defensive linemen, you got four linebackers. Uh, We've seen teams mostly run kind of cover three or maybe a two high shell. This team is going to be more of a cover zero, so there's not going to be any deep safeties. They're going to load the box up here. Again, a formation that we typically run, this is against Coffee County in the red. Um, So there again, and, and, and 12 personnel or 21 personnel right here where you have a tight end and a fullback, two receivers split out. You see that they're just man-to-man out here on these two receivers and then everybody else is up here in the box so that's what we're anticipating especially with you know our run game and the success that we've had there uh, we're anticipating them to, to load the box here see if they can stop our run game and then we got to look to see if we can make some areas uh, of have some areas of success out here in the field um, with with just man-on-man coverage out here so they do a good job of loading the box making sure that they're stopping the run you can see their safeties and, and linebackers are aggressive downhill. D-line does a great job and, and corners, and, and uh, safeties out here do a good job covering man-to-man.
0: Thanks a lot, Coach. Week off. Enjoy your fall break. We'll see you back here in two weeks, I guess, right. doing this. Right. I will miss the game at Rockville, unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, but wish you luck. I appreciate it. All right, it. Thank, thank you. you. You've been watching the Pope Prep High School Football Coaches Show with Kyle Reynolds and Pope Prep Head Football Coach Brian Steed. Join us each week at this time on Main Street Media TV to get the latest news about Pope Prep High School football. The Pope Prep High School Football Coaches Show is brought to you by Lawson Group Realtors and by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office.